Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. Hey, we're going to start this episode with a shout out to the special one, the real one, the OG. You know who you are, one of a kind, Mr. Kevin Ware. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know why? Because, Kevin, we see you. (laughs) <laughs> and we know that you see us and you hear us because Kevin listens to how many, ep- like how, how often does he listen? Yeah. So Wellhouse Church puts out five pieces of unique content every week. Um, you know, minus the one off crazy moment where we don't, but yeah, four, four podcasts and one story. And Kevin Ware is the only person in the world other than myself that listens to every single one of them. And, and me, Adam is probably the only other person in the world that listens to every single episode of Pints of Perspective. Yes, I don't listen to the other ones, but hey, <laughs> this is about Kevin. Shout out, Pops. Thank you. Shout out, Pops. Um, so also, if you're doing shout outs, we should shout out our friend Abigail yeah. for letting us use her house because uh, I have a new job working in the city. It's crazy. And this, Abby's house happens to be three minutes from my house. And Adam's house has children's. and That's true, always. And <laughs> Abby's does not. So she let us invade her place to record these podcasts because it was convenient. And she has good paintings by Scott Erickson. Great Shout out. paintings. Uh, we're drinking beer because uh, that's what we do on Pints and Perspectives. Uh, but Cullen forgot the beer again. Uh, so thankfully, Adam has a bit of a stash. So you got to ask me the question. What are you drinking today, bud? What are you drinking today, bud? <laughs> Actually, what are we drinking? What are today, we drinking bud? today? So uh, we're going to split this. This is a, why don't you go ahead and read that for the listeners? Oh, clown shoes. If you've been a long time listener, you know, we love clown shoes. Uh, last year uh, for Advent, we drank. Oh, Clayton that's right. I did an entire 12 pack of like clown shoes variety pack that was special brews for the holidays. Nice. And they all were lore based. Uh, uh, did you do this one? Space cake double. I don't remember if I'm being honest. Space. So it's a, it's like a tropical IPA. It's a double IPA. Yeah, obviously. Double IPA. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. And it's lore based. Uh, so here's what it says. We are miracle Mike and his dog bionic being chased by many laser beams, shooting cupcakes and two giant layer cake motherships. Wow. Because we are straight up lunatic fools. Sounds like, well, it. maybe, but with a few brain cells remaining, we managed to craft Space Cake Double IPA utilizing citrusy mosaic hops and an immaculate West Coast style malt yep. backbone. Dude, chill out. Enjoy some Space Cake. Uh, being pursued by a giant assortment of laser-equipped cupcake spaceships is many things, but it is certainly no time to panic. Miracle Mike and his galactic canine Bionic have been through far worse, and they always seem to find a way to pass the relentless pursuit Sorry. And they always <laughs> seem to find a way past the relentless pursuit of the space cake fleet. 
Want to see your next space cake come to life? Download. No, it's okay. That's that's an ad. Uh, so this is space cake. Um, and so uh, what else shall we say about it? I like IPAs. You like IPAs. Oh, also, I should note that the reason why I brought it is because it is four years old. It's a 2018. So it's been aging for a little while. Sorry, 2019. So it's been aging for a little while uh, in the back recesses of the beer cellar. So we'll see how this has held up over the past 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, but it was in March. So all three and a half years. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. That was good noise. Uh, while Adam pours us beer, since we're sharing it, um, we have some buttons accessible to us now. I've never <laughs> used them. What do they do? I don't remember. <laughs> what? And to be fair, we can't hear them because we don't have any headphones. What if you just in. like, it was a uh, fart noise? <laughs> no, it's like, they're like normal radio show. One of them's a laugh track. I don't remember what they oh are. Oh my God. Well, you're just going to do this without knowing what it is? This is why podcasters wear headsets. Well, yeah. All right, here, go but off. Ooh. Oh, look, look, look at the, it's old, so oh, it's got it's floaties. Got, it's got floaties. It's got floaties. So we're not mm. going to drink all the floaties. I mean, you can, but I'm not. All right, give it a sip. Mm. Mm. Hold on. This, y'all, this, so it's a double IPA. So it's got more, more malt, a little bit more malt, and it's a mosaic hop, and it's been aged for three and a half years. Um, so a lot of the hops is like gone. Yeah, it, it's true. A lot of, most of the aromas are gone too. No, I was just going to say, what are you talking about? Okay. It's, it's way more tropical. It's like, it's very fruity. Well, it's also not vibrantly aromatic right. like a like a fresh IPA is. Okay. Even a double is more so. Sure. But the malt on it is so mature and Well, that's what you get when you age beer. Well, and it's you it's mellow your flavors. Nine and a half percent, I think, by I don't see the ABV. I think it's like nine and a half percent. I can look it up. So Yeah, it, it said nine percent on the website. Nine percent. A lot of the alcohol has, I mean, yeah, it's an aged uh, double. Yeah, it, it mellows, yeah. which is, which is great because when it mellows, I mean, think about it as like mellowing, yeah. right? like yeah. shrinking on both ends of a spectrum. And so that naturally creates a larger middle ground, which is body. And it's that's what, body. that's what's enhanced when Lots you age beer. Lots of flavor. But rating wise, I'll give it a. I'll give it a five. It almost drinks like a barley wine. I was going to say that. Um, what are we talking about today, Colin? I think I'm in the, yeah, I think I'm in like. Oh, yeah, you didn't five, give it. 5.3, 5.4. 5.3, 5, yeah. I mean, uh, aging did not do that beer. Did brand. not, did not do it well. Sorry, y'all. Uh, but Clown Shoes, still shout out. Solid that's beer. our fuck up. Solid beer. Solid yeah. beer. It's a great beer. Um, we're talking about Satan. Ooh. Uh, With his whippy tail. If you know the well, reference, if you know the song reference, put it in the comments below. And I will applaud you vigorously. Well, we briefly mentioned on the last episode. What did uh, we? I don't Some know. songs that 
like how music had influenced our understanding get, of Satan. Okay. Because like, you know, what's the what's no. the most famous song about the devil? Uh, well, the one for me is Charlie Daniels. Yeah, that's the one for everyone. Yeah, the, the devil, devil went down, down to Georgia. Georgia. It's been remade over so many times. It has a fiddle in it. Like the whole violin conversation, they do a battle. Yeah, it's an iconic storytelling of the devil. It's true. I love it. Um, so we're going to talk about Satan. And I think it was on Satan. the Bible for normal people. Yeah. On the Bible for Normal People, episode 224, Wow! they interview a guy named Gregory Mobley, who's an academic that just put a book out on Satan. Ooh, I mean, I was going to bring all my books on Satan. Believe it or not, I own numerous books on Satan. Anyways, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I actually don't think I own any Yeah, who books would? Why? Why? Satan. Why? Why do we do these things? Why do we write these things? Well, that's because Satan is not... Yeah, it's another... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, no, let's talk yeah. about Satan. Uh, well, Satan's not my enemy in the story. Like, my primary enemy in the story. So the death books... Death is... I, yeah, so I have weird, strange books on the concept of death and the development of death throughout Christian theology. Nice. Um, There's a book right here that's about death. Uh, yeah. It's funny enough. <laughs> Oddly enough. Uh, on top of a cookbook. Y'all see he's wearing a tie? Look, you need to go to YouTube <laughs> for no other reason than to see him in a tie and a sweater. Which, hey, props. Looking. You need to go to YouTube right now and look at this man in a tie and a sweater. Which, by the way, another round of applause. Great style. Sorry. I, Satan. Back yes, to Satan. I, I now. Yes. Cheers. I now work for a new law firm. Ooh, uh, fancy. Yep. The we scene. both work for law firms. It's true. It's now, true. I work for a nonprofit law firm, and so Cullen doesn't remember that I work for a law firm. It's true. But it's, it, well, and you don't do law work. You do development for that nonprofit. I do the fun work. Yeah, you do the cool work. Uh, and so it, I just never think about you being around lawyers all the time. All day. Yeah, so I am the new senior paralegal and operations manager for a boutique litigation law firm. Oh, so many um, fancy words. And every Wednesday, I go to a training with the chief federal bankruptcy judge. Oh, name drop. And so I have to wear a tie and a suit. Society is whack. Take that tie off. This is Houston, Texas. All right, let's talk about (laughs) Satan. Because sometimes it is so hot in Houston that you don't wear a tie because it's roughly the same temperature as Satan's summer home. I don't know about all that. See, I brought it all the way back around. But... Uh, so I listened to that podcast about the, what he thought the development of Satan was throughout the biblical story. Yes. And I had never really, really considered the concept that the Hasatan Mm -hmm. had developed and changed throughout the story. I don't know why I didn't. Everything else does. Are you talking, when you say the story, are you talking about the old Testament and the new Testament together? So the, okay, okay, good, good. So what, and his argument is everyone now, every modern person associates the serpent, the serpent in Genesis three with Satan. Yeah. 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 Nobody did that before the patristic period. Really? Yeah. Because even in revelation, what was the serpent then? Well, revelation's the first place that anybody can really tangibly tie it to. Okay. Because Jesus will crush the, Heal the, the serpent. The head of the serpent but, with his heel. But everybody up until the late 300s just read that as John the Elder's perspective about reading the Genesis story. Nobody thought it was like, 
revelatory of a Jesus oh, prophecy. Oh, wait a second. They just thought he was interacting with the text. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't immediately It wasn't what? like massive theological understanding that that was a conquering of evil. They would do it because temptation leads to evil. That's what the story is trying to tell you is that evil is done through temptation. So is Satan just Okay, sorry, go ahead. Okay. So nobody is thinking about that serpent character as Satan. Okay. So the first reference you have to Hasatan is the book of Job. Mm. Okay, so Job is actually the oldest book, right? Well, so people say that. I don't I'm not really convinced. That's what Dennis Tucker told me. It's like the oldest book or it's chronologically the oldest book. Chronologically. Yes. Okay. But not written oldest. Oh, uh, Dennis Tucker, comment below. I, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I think Google it's, it. I think it's, it's wisdom literature. I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. pretty late. Sure. I don't think it's early. Um, I think chronologically you should be placing it early in okay. the story. Okay. Okay. But I also think it's entirely myth or lore. Sure, sure. But, I don't think it's a literal story. But, but the, the accuser at the beginning. Okay, yes. Is, so Okay, sorry, go ahead. So because it has reference to dinosaurs, conservatives want to place it early. <laughs> Does also when you reference Noah and the ark. The ark is not big enough to contain dinosaurs, so conservatives say you place Job before Noah. Man, it's such a scientific process. It's tell nonsense. You what. It's nonsense. I really do. I'm not sure why anybody. Thank God. Think, thank God we have a, a historical text in the Bible that is so scientifically based that we can right. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not really sure. I really think it's wisdom literature. I think it's written pretty late, and I think it's all myth and lore based, but. It is like honestly, like it's unanimously placed as being very early text. Okay. That text references Hasatan. Mm -hmm. Hasatan in that text is on God's team. Ooh, say more. So it's in the beginning of Job. Well, wasn't Satan? Wasn't Lucifer on God's team before he fell? Okay, so we're gonna get to that. Mm. We are absolutely going to get to that. Oh, Adam always makes fun of me, and he always says, uh, Cullen's going to have to look at the table of contents. Yes! I'm not going to. On gonna. camera! I'm not going to, but I did just thumb through this. Oh, there it is. General Electric Power Company. Oh, wait, it. that's for the New Testament. <laughs> no. Um, Job's right next to Psalms, if you didn't know. Mm. Uh, and it just, my pages stuck together. Oh. Okay. So, <clears throat> there is... Verses 1 through 5 of Job, chapter 1, tell you like a little bit of setting about Job. Okay. Job's a dude. He's righteous. He's got a bunch of kids. Job's They're all married. I'm a dude. Job's a dude. We're all dudes. Hey, if you know the reference. <laughs> okay. I clearly don't know no, the reference. No, that's a good one. That's a good <laughs> reference. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, so it tells you a bunch of stuff about Job. Job's a righteous dude. He's got a bunch of kids, and he's a wealthy guy. Big family, lots of property, and, yeah. and, and cattle and whatnot. Right, right, right. One six. <clears throat> I don't like that number because it reminds me of insurrections. 
Oh, January 6th. Yeah. yeah, I heard. One day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Satan is Ha Satan. Mm -hmm. It literally means the accuser. Mm -hmm. We are about to read a story. It's a, it's a courtroom. It is a legal setting. You should think about this character as the prosecutor in a courtroom. That person is on the side of the state. The judge is paid by the state. So it's the DA's office. Correct. They are not on the same team, but they're on the same team, and they answer to the judge. Interesting. Um. This character is clearly on God's team in this moment because verse seven, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. So what you have to understand is this Hasatan character is if you translate it literally, it is the accuser. Okay. They bring accusations of wrongdoing mm -hmm. to the judge. Right. And then now in our current legal system, we allow a defense to represent the accused. Yeah. That's Jesus for Job. Correct. <laughs> so Liling non is disappointed in me. Um, so they go through and Continue by this character, verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a fence around him and his house and all of this that he has on every side? Mm. You have blessed the work in his hands and possessions have increased mm. in the land. This person, this character is clearly bound by God's authority. Okay. In this story. Okay. Cannot do things without God's blessing. Okay. Just like a prosecutor. A defense attorney does whatever they want, and then if they do something wrong, gets reprimanded. Okay. The prosecution can do nothing wrong, or the defense gets to file for a mistrial. Right. They answer entirely to the judge and the law. In okay. this story, God's the law. So he has to ask God permission because <coughs> he thinks God has protection around. Right. But it's kind of God's fault for being like, um, pick him, pick, pick Job. Well, okay. But so well, God's the author of evil in this story, man. No, God's not the author of evil. Come on, bro. Well, okay. Adam, tell me the rest of the story. <sighs> um, God allows Satan to do a uh, Hasatan to do a lot of terrible things to Job and his family and his livestock and it's his true. property. It's true. And uh, in in an effort to see if Job will remain faithful to God or not, as that loving, benevolent God who he's supposed to remain faithful to allows for a demonic creature, a demonic, evil, violent creature that he himself created to destroy this man, Job, who he himself put in front of the demonic, crazy creature, and that he let that creature murder his children. Mm -hmm. What a God. Oh, and then by the end of it, 
uh, Job's like, what the hey? What's uh, you know? This is you did this, and you allowed this, and you allowed this, and aren't you the problem of evil? And God says, boy, shut up! Don't worry about that. My ways aren't your ways. Look at the stars in the sky, and then the story's over. No, the story's not over. Uh, oh wait, right? He replaces his family with new kids and new cows. And so everything is good and fine and fully well, replaced and, and because, because F those old dead kids. We got new kids to work the field. So all is well. And he multiplies it. That's the only correction I have. The Bible but is yes, whack. That is absolutely the story the of The Bible Job. is whack. And I want to tell you, I also have the same qualms that you have about this story. Mm. However, I now want you to stop and think about some of the child, some of the other whack children's stories that we tell our children. Oh, they're all horrific. Okay, let me say something okay. about this right here. Do you, do you pay attention. Every children's movie has a dead parent. Mm -hmm. All of them. Why? Anyways, that's off topic. Go ahead. It's because it's trying to create space where it resonates with an audience it's real you're such a narrative theologian i swear to god the only way Th that book's written by a creative an author a poet it's not an a artist okay uh right i forget i forget you read the bible differently than i do it's a story to you yeah that's not that, actually i god. also called it a myth and a lord but that's not actually god to you or well, say actually no here's what i believe i believe that this story communicates a very real truth that, Which is what? That God's response in that moment of allowing Job the freedom to process and do everything damn near close to cursing God and then come up and say something which Job, the character in this story, which is really who matters how they interpreted what God said, hmm. actually found it comforting. And then God, in a story where an mm. ancient audience didn't understand all of the ways in which trauma impacts you, tries to make it better by giving back what was taken mm. and multiplying wealth because Job was faithful. And faithfulness I'm allowed space for Job to be very real and vulnerable in prayer and lament. It's a compelling interpretation. Indeed. Uh, now, back to what we were really talking about. <laughs> Satan is on God's side in this story. Now, there's another part where we're going to go where we're not going to read it. But Satan has to come back to him because God puts a, a provision around Satan's first accusations. Mm -hmm. And God says, you can do anything you want, but don't touch him. Isn't Satan's on always on God's team? No. Doesn't Satan serve a very important purpose in the, in the narrative of God's redemption and like okay. love and well, whatever? Well, tell me, tell me chronologically, where's the next time you oh. get Satan? The garden. No, that's stupid. We were just talking about Job. Uh, where's the next one? Uh, hold on, I gotta think. It's been a long time. Um, do, 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 do. Is it in the New Testament? Pretty much. I mean, there are some vague references. In Psalms. Yeah, so you get a few references, but those, they appear to be in context like generally the second use of this word which so it can be translated hasatan. You yeah mean hasatan. hasatan can be translated as accuser oh. like as an office yeah 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 almost like an epithet it doesn't have to be satan 
Right, proper noun. Some, some purse. Uh, uh, or uh, like, name. Yeah, name, yeah. name, name Identity. Name. name, thank you, yeah. Interesting. And its second translation is the adversary. Yeah. And like the rest of the uses all appear to be like the general adversary. Yeah, like uh, people who are messing with you. Yeah, like <laughs> sometimes in narrative. Like, yeah, yeah. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, and, and like this person arose, Hasatan. The like adversary so in the story is Lucifer. Lucifer is Greek. Okay, no. So Sorry. Lucifer is the bearer of light. Right um, now, that's in the Old Testament. I think that's in the Old Testament because there's the reference. There's the reference in Ezekiel. You can Google this, but I think it's in Ezekiel 17. Okay, I was thinking Ezekiel. Um, here, I'm gonna here. We're gonna see because I might know, have them in these notes. Y'all want to know how much of a heretic I am? The Bible app uninstalled itself for lack of usage. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. Um, I think it's in Ezekiel 17. You have this reference to the morning star yeah, falling. That's right. And people have interpreted that to be Satan. Right, because okay. of the Revelation passage. Right. Yeah, putting those two together. Right, but once again, that's late. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's not how Isaiah, or that's not how Ezekiel is meaning that when he writes that. What Ezekiel means is the king of Babylon's about to fall. Oh, it's a political thing. Yeah, of course. Isaiah 14. 12 through 17. 12 through 17. Oh yeah, this is. Oh the one. yeah, here you this go. This is the yeah, passage. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> How many degrees do we have between the two of us? Five. Yeah. Five. As of Friday, December sixteenth. Five. Five between the three oh, of the two 14. of us. <laughs> Isaiah fourteen twelve. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star. There it is, morning star, yeah. son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly on the heights of Zephon. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the depths of the pit. Hell. Yeah, Sheol's not that. I think right, right, right. Of, the pit is hell. There, yeah, there's an episode about that. <laughs> Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a desert and overthrew its cities, mm. who would not let his prisoners go home? All the kings of the nations lie in glory, each in his own tomb. But you are cast out away from your grave like the loathsome carrion, clothed with dead, those pierced by the sword who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse trampled underfoot. This that is, is about the king of Babylon and him not releasing the prison, Jews. The, 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 the exiles. Yeah, the exiles. The second exile. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what that text it's, is about. It's political commentary. 1,000%. And they are making political and cultural commentary a deep theological truth yeah. about their existence. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not Satan. Well, right. Because Lucifer... Does it say Lucifer? What? It says Morning Star. Morning Star. Which is... The, the Hebrew is like some version okay, okay. of that. The morning star. I mean, you're yeah. the one that's the Hebrew scholar. I, I do know. Greek. I don't have my. 
I mean, uh, to be fair, the I'm Bible app it. uninstalled itself from <laughs> lack of usage. <laughs> my, lo- yeah. my logos okay. account is expired. So, you asked the question: Is the next place you get Satan the New, the New Testament. Testament? Tell me. Um. Well, okay. So the first one that comes to mind is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Who, okay. There's one before that. Okay, we're okay, gonna come okay, to okay, that. Okay. Um, oh, uh, the temptation of Jesus, where he's taken up to the pinnacle of the temple. See, it's in here. It just yeah. ta- it it just takes a hot it minute. Let's get rev it up. I um, believe it's in there. That's why I brought you on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Forcing him to talk about it and make him work his shit out too. That's true. Uh, yeah. So the temptation of Jesus, where he's tempted by Satan three times, and he said, "Dang, that's yeah, man. Yeah. That's a good reference." The temptation of Jesus is the next time you get a very clear, identifiable reference that there is this other powerful right. force in the story right. that is opposite your protagonist. Yeah. And he is called the devil. He's not actually called Hasatan. Right. Well, well, he's also not called Satan, well, the, like Greek transliteration of it. And what book? Is it in Matthew? Well, so Luke, Luke. 4 is one of them. If you'll do me a favor so and check in, the Matthew story. So that's in Greek. Yeah, I don't think it's in Mark. Because if you're ever looking for this, Mark is the gospel where they're just trying to get something down on paper. Like Jesus jumps on the story and he's just doing crap. There's no baptism story. (laughs) There's no birth story. Like Jesus is a superhero in the book of Mark. Uh, But uh, isn't there a temptation in Mark as well? Uh, There's a temptation. No, Uh, maybe. There might yeah, be Mark, one. Look, Mark 1, 12 through 13. It's a much shorter story, is uh, to your point. Uh, 12 through 13. I think it just says that like Jesus was tempted by... Okay, well... The, the, Luke, spirit, the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil. Luke 4 is probably the story that most people read. It's the one where it, there's like the three phases of the... Yeah, 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 yeah. And he takes him up on the mountain. He t- asks him to be tempted to eat bread. He says if he'll throw himself off, he'll give him all the kingdoms of the world. Right. Like there is definitely do not tempt God. Do not. Yeah, there yeah. are definitely some power dynamics at play between this character as the antagonist of the story yeah. and Jesus as the protagonist of the story. And they seem to have some kind of power brokerage well, conversation. Because because the devil there also says to Jesus, hey, if you do this, I will. I have the power to give you. Right. Right. He says, I hold the kingdoms of the earth. Like I will, I, if you jump off this thing or whatever, like I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. So what that right. indicates is that somehow. This character now has control of the kingdoms of the earth. Right. Which, remember, previously, this character that tradition has told us is the same the king, the was on God's side. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Was on God's side, Hasatan. Um, but once again, Luke does not call him Satan. Right. Luke calls him the devil. The devil. Over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to check. Devil went down to Georgia. Um, he was looking for a soul to seal. He was way behind. Willing to make a deal. Something about jumping up on a something. Playing the fiddle hot. <laughs> Jumped up on a hickory stump. Said, boy, let me tell you what. Boy, let me. Bum, bum, bum. Well, my name's Johnny. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, I want to check right now um, just to make sure I'm not lying. So I'll edit some of this out. But I'm, I'm trying to check. 
what the Greek is here to make sure that I'm not getting a translation mishap. You probably are. All these degrees. Well, because they're translating in the devil, but it could be Satan. The, and I'm, yeah. The devil. Uh, Luke. Look, all I'm saying is it seems like Satan has always been on God's team. Nope. It's Diablo. 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 But yeah, right, in the Greek. It, yeah. Well, it's in, yeah, it's in the genitive, but yeah, Diablo. In the genitive. Um, yes, so it's the devil. It's not Satan. Now, the only other one I'm going to check, it could be my buddy Andrew Barrett's probably, I'm actually just going to check, because if it's, if it's in the Gospel of John and I forgot, he's going to ring me a new one. Because mm. he also listens to a lot of these. I don't know if he listens to every one of them. But, uh, yeah, okay, it's not in the Gospel of John. Okay, I'm glad I'm not wrong. No, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Oh, the temptation. I yeah, mean. yeah, specifically the temptation. Uh, and I'm not sure that the temptation, yep, yeah, it is right here. Uh, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Oh, wait, here we go. 410. Jesus, so they go through this entire story. Of the temptation in Matthew. Damn, now I feel like I need to go back and check Luke to make sure this is not in there. They go through this entire story of the temptation of the devil, or by the devil mm -hmm. to Jesus, and it's not until verse 10, and Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. Aha! Away with you, accuser. Because Jesus is speaking Aramaic. Correct. Which has some Hebrew roots. Correct. He said, away with you, chasatan, accuser, accuser. adversary. Mm -hmm. So Jesus does this a lot where he will make a reference, sometimes very subtle, sometimes only a phrase, mm -hmm. to Old Testament passages. Yes. And he sure as heck loves to quote him some Isaiah. Yep. Uh, we... Do we see this in everyone that writes in the New Testament? We call them echoes of Scripture, and Paul is famous for them. Thank you, Richard Hayes. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this is not uncommon. So Jesus references this character specifically yeah. in the Gospel of Matthew. I went back and checked. It's not in Luke. So it's Jesus' fault. Nope. Not necessarily Jesus' fault, but Jesus is definitely, like, making some kind of connection. But I'm also not sure. Who is Jesus' devil? Well, I actually, I mean, I do think there is a cosmic force against God. Fallen angel? I don't know. You believe in angels? Yes. Do you believe in fallen angels? Demons. So I definitely believe in demons. I question how they got here. Okay. But also because I question what the Nephilim are. Should we talk about the Nephilim? No, we're talking about Satan. Well, um, it could be rooted because the Nephilim might be like the story of the Nephilim. Okay, we're going to talk they, about it's, it's angels having sex with uh, uh, human Humans. females. It's, it's male demon or it's male, male angels. deity beings like divine Whatever. beings. Right, divine beings, yes. Um, having sex with Having human sex women. with human women and creating the Nephilim. Uh, Genesis are? 6 verse 4. 
the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans Scandalous. who bore children to them. These were the hev- the heroes that were of old, warriors of renown. I think that is a reference. It's like demigods. It's like yeah. Hercules. It, it, yeah, Maui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like age old. Every culture has these stories. Right. So, um, it, it, do you think, okay, if you, do you believe that there is a, uh, a devil, a Satan, uh, like you, you said, a I real, believe there's a cosmic evil force, but it's that's not been personified, but okay. Personified through the narrative passed down. Yeah. Through, I'm not sure if it's an identifiable person, right? Because like, I do think I love Paul Tillich's idea of the ground of being. Yes. I think he takes it to an extreme. I'm unwilling to take, but like Isaiah, when they're, when I, the author of Isaiah or authors of Isaiah are first communicating like Trinitarian truths to us, they talk about like Trinitarian oh belief my gosh. pouring yeah. out from an essence, you're from, a t- like a supremacy of being. You're a terrible Old Testament scholar. Go ahead. No, absolutely. That's how he's doing it. Oh um, my goodness. Anyways, I think that there is some cosmic evil force where'd it come from well i think it's what god found what so something that was not created well but i don't think i think god found satan because no i think god found i think god found matter that is well i also yeah yes so not some personified disembodied spirit i think god found matter and used who made could, order out of chaos in the story. This I is know. what we've, I think this, this, We've done this on a previous episode. We have done this We don't have to go round and round but again. Yes. So I think that it is plausible that if there was a cosmically good force uh-huh. that we don't know how it got here. God. It's correct. It's equally perceivable that there is a cosmically evil Ooh, force are that they, we don't know how God Are here. they equal in power? Oh, I got you. You're well, not a Christian. So, you heretic. <laughs> I think the story has told us that God has conquered and okay, will conquer. Okay, okay. The, if you give, take the narrative approach, it's yes. true. The story kind of proves that they're not on equal footing. So I do think that force exists. Okay. I think tradition has told us it's personified okay. in the name of this character, Satan. Devil. Yeah. yeah. But... Lucifer. I also want to make it very clear that, listener, whatever idea of Satan you have, I guarantee you less than 5% of it is biblically based. That's the. So we have a previous episode, multiple episodes, when we would talk about Paradise Lost, Dante's Inferno, <laughs> uh, Little Nicky, Greek mythology, Hades. Charlie Daniels, uh, yeah. So <laughs> your, all of it. Your concept of Satan is culturally based. It not is absolutely based. not biblically based. Yeah. Have we exhausted Satan? I think so. I just look, man. I think God is the creator of that evil force. I don't. I don't understand how. Okay. Well, because <laughs> let's just make sure. That we cover it here. Okay. Because it's only the first like six verses of the text ever. Genesis 1. The f- 
about to say the F word. Uh, I used to know this. I knew used to know Genesis one one in Hebrew verbatim. Baruch, uh, uh, it, it would take me a minute to get it out. In the beginning, anyways, go ahead. So the very beginning of the story, in any storytelling, the most important lines are the introductory setting. Because this is how a major story works. That's, there are seven major story plot lines. The Bible is very clearly given over to one of those major story plot lines, which is a hero plot line. Uh, the uh, Star Wars. Correct. Um, and so what you have to understand is that in a hero plot line, mm -hmm. the introduction of the story is giving you what is good. Okay. There will very quickly be introduced a problem into that story. Okay. An antagonist, a you know, a curse, like something interrupts the flow of tranquility. The rest of the story is trying to reconcile that truth yeah. back to the serendipity of the early Which we've talked beginning. about. Yes. Genesis one. Birashit bara Elohim et Hashamayam Vit Ha. Aretz. Aretz. In the beginning. Aretz is earth. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, Hashemayim. the earth was a formless void. Adam. Well, void would imply no matter. Well, hang on. Okay. Here. Ah. A, form, a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind. Oh, so, the, so there is something in the void. What is wind? The uh, ruach. What is also ruach? Uh, uh, if we're going to take a Trinitarian reading of the first uh, verses nope, of nope. Genesis. I'm asking you to give me the most common three glosses oh, 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 oh. of an ancient okay, Hebrew okay, word. Okay, sorry. Uh, wind, breath, and air. Sorry. I thought you were going the Holy Spirit route. Well, well spirit, spirit it, yeah, is yeah, one but, of those three common glosses. Well, that's, yeah, breath. Breath, same, same. Spirit, wind. Wind, yeah, yeah. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit. No. Yeah, oh, so it's not a void. No. Where'd those waters come from? From the not Did Ruach. God make those waters? <laughs> I guess he's not a creator. Hey, Adam, <laughs> if, if, you, if you take some water and you don't have it in a cup, would you say it is a formless and void substance? Oh, you know, the human body is 80% water or whatever the number is. I don't know what the actual percentage is. It's like in the 70%. Maybe the image of God is just nope, water. Nope, stop. <laughs> is water without yeah. a container it's formless a, and void? It, yeah, that, absolutely. Okay. Is not water a representation of evil and chaos throughout the rest of the Old Testament Ooh, story? That is, that is a good Hebrew... Um, yeah, analogy. is not there a very famous story where Jesus Joe. calms a storm and oh. walks on water? So a the, thing that no other human can do, except for Peter, who got fails, him. who fails within steps of getting out of the goddamn boat. Hey, man, he got more than I did. No, <laughs> I think it's very clear that okay. the story is telling you. So, is water Satan? No, I don't think water is Satan, but water is a symbolic representation of the chaos. unknown and chaos, right. which Satan is the embodiment and personification of. Or like the stirrer-upper of. Yeah, something along those lines. So, yeah, 1,000% ruach. 
what the image you have in your mind of this character is probably yeah based on culture not biblical truth what you need to do is go watch a movie about being about people being lost at sea and that's a better representation <laughs> no, i'm not saying that at all i do think the ancient hebrew people use water as this like yeah, representation chaos. of chaos and evil definitely but they're also a representation of it being grace I got a damn tattoo that I'm having done where it's like the biblical metaphors about grace. Baptism is about water. Also, if, if God's mad and he gets his hands on some water, he might just flood it. Well, apparently to the story, never again, because yeah. well, tell Houstonians that <laughs> end of episode. Thanks for listening to the pints and perspectives podcast hosted by wellhouse church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.